Have you ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone, from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious, and yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level. What do we mean by the next level? Oh, by the way, Martin Gover is with me today, my sidekick at my side. And we're going to interrupt today's programming for this word from our sidekick. What we're going to do today a little bit is interview Miss Inez Simpson and get some true answers about hypnosis. <laughs> so, tell me about sex and hypnosis, Inez. Uh, <laughs> let's start somewhere else. <laughs> so, um, you always start with the guests and you say, oh, so Inez Simpson is a hypnotist and a hypnotist trainer. You go around the world training hypnotists and sometimes brand new people to bring them into hypnosis. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's correct. Good. And so you always start with a guest of what does hypnosis mean to them and how do they come to it, etc. Okay. We've kind of covered in the other shows how you came to hypnosis. But So you've been doing hypnosis or training I, for? Uh, well, I started doing hypnosis in 1999. So the training didn't happen for a few years, years later. And I started training people to become hypnotists in about 2003, I think. Okay, so why does the enthusiasm still stay there? Are you still... Actually, I think the enthusiasm grows. Uh, when I first... I think, you know, you said, well, I did tell my story before, but I think I should quickly say that when I... The first time I, I even knew about hypnosis or heard about hypnosis, my brother had got a book on hypnosis from the library and put me in hypnosis and I was 10 years old, and he glued me to the wall, all those fun stuff that you see stage guys do. So I started hypnotizing my friends with that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I never had any issues with anything. Uh, but it, looking back, it was probably not the best thing a 10-year-old girl doing stuff. You never know what people do. But I have this, this thing that I am also very spiritually minded, so I, I figure, you know, I was looked after. Anyway, but getting back to what hypnosis is, and when I first started, I, I thought of hypnosis when I first started, it was 1999, I took training, and it was all about what they called um, accepting suggestion. How do you get people to accept suggestion to change their habits and stuff like that, right? So if they had to be in the right place and the right way of be thinking to allow you to help them change their ideas. From there, it grew quite a bit. I started taking training from Jerry Kine. I learned the rules of the mind, and that started me going because the rules of the mind, and we've talked about these before. I'm not going to go into them today, but it's always about bypassing the critical factor of the mind, which is that rational part of you that's always sort of, you know, got to have the right reason, But even though we very rarely consciously make the right reason for anything. Uh, so from there, then I started to go for the rules of the mind, and I was thinking that really there's a bigger part of our mind, even from what we call the subconscious. Now, usually when, when people were doing hypnosis in those days, and there's a few exceptions, and I've gone into that before, is that they always talked through the conscious to the subconscious. So for me, that didn't make much sense. We wanted to go right to the subconscious and talk to that. And for one of those is that Bob Burns with the Swan did that. And uh, Jeffrey, Stevens. Jeffrey Stevens, thank you. And Jeffrey Stevens did, w figured that out too. So we, um, a few of us have moved forward from just talking to the conscious to get through to the subconscious. And things like uh, old paint to go, um, they bypass that too. And, and we're getting a little bit more moving forward. Because it didn't make sense to me to talk to the conscious because what we really wanted to do is get by the conscious. And that's what we called hypnosis at that time, the bypass of the critical factor of the conscious mind. So from there, I started to think, well, the higher mind, there's all aspects of mind. We all talk about our higher mind and all those things. But why aren't we utilizing those aspects of our mind? And so that's how my hypnosis ideas have shifted over time. Do they work? <laughs> Much better, actually. Yes. I, I find they work very well. So sort of like deep state surgery. 
uh, of the mind. <laughs> surgery of the mind, yes. Well, actually, that isn't a bad analogy because you can go in and um, it's not about just deleting them. It's about getting the different perceptions and changing the whole idea right from where it started, right where the seed starts. I see. Actually, a lot of your stuff is getting sort of an agreement between all the disparate parts ourselves, yes. as it were. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we, there's very many people, hypnotists, that do parts therapy. And for me, it's just an all part of the Simpson Protocol. Mm -hmm. And there's a truck. Truck. Truck's going by, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, but the, parts therapy. So what I think is that we have all those different parts of ourselves, of our mind all aspects and if you can get them to be congruent and you get them to be in harmony and balance it changes the way you move through life i guess that sometimes you feel discombobulated you feel like you're being pulled in each and every way internally and yeah. I guess what you're doing is harmonizing it to some degree yeah well when i first started doing hypnosis formally i i was in a lot of pain i had chronic pain i was uh, you know supposedly had fibromyalgia and what I found was that it was all just a whole bunch of stuff that was in there that if when I released it from the body, the discomfort went away. Uh, what do you mean released it? Well, through hypnosis, I did address each and every aspect of what was happening. Sort of an emotional release. Then. Emotional release out of the body and out of every everywhere. So uh, when you do that and you change the perceptions, the body has to go along. It may take a, a day or two, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes... Or has just to like catch any, up. any injury, yeah, it has, has to, to process and it has to heal. Has to heal. Yeah. Now, when we're healing, um, you're healing. No, no. When we are healing as a person, oh, when we sorry, yes, humans, uh -huh. yeah. When we as humans heal, it's our inner mind. Our everything is run by that, right? It's run by brain has processes, it has hormones, it has everything, except it knows exactly what to do to get your when you cut your finger to get the skin to grow back together. Doctors don't heal you. They move blockages like they'll sew up the fingers so that the, the, they touch, things like that. And, and so healing comes from within ourselves. And we nobody can tell you that they heal you. Please understand that you heal yourself in any time, and you can do it on your own anywhere and any time too. Uh, yeah, let, I want to talk actually a little bit about that because we were you did an interview this upcoming. It's not out yet with uh, Wendy Weber and talk, she had some very interesting stuff to talk about. Great interview, yeah. but one of the things that brought up was the different aspects, no, different viewpoints on a mind model that yeah. hypnotists use. But before we get there, just to say, I think it's interesting in the if, if, if the history of hypnosis or at least modern hypnosis. And hypnosis came out of, uh, let's say, it came out of magic and shamanism, and you know, mm -hmm. it was the people using the mind to work. There's things. some form of hypnosis been used since the time of breathing. the very beginning, since yeah. we started breathing. Wherever then that was. But then, interesting, the modern hypnosis came out of the medical profession. It yeah. was like the Asdales and uh, and uh, Mesmer and all that. Yes. And and that sort of to me seemed to move hypnosis into narrowed it a little bit because like as medicine has narrowed, especially with the drug companies, etc., they've narrowed it down to symptom, symptom, symptom. Yeah. And some of the hypnosis seems to me have been narrowed down to symptom, you know, yeah. let's just get rid of the smoking uh, addiction, let's just get rid of the seven up addiction, whatever it is. Yeah. And you've kind of well, at least I think modern hypnosis has opened back up again, yes, to the whole the holistic as you say. Most people, we still, many of us just uh, do get the habits to shift. I personally don't agree with that. It's not that I'm totally against you helping people remove their habits if they're bad, but it's just that I don't think it's holistic enough. I don't think it covers the why, you know, doesn't go to the cause, doesn't mm -hmm. get eradicated, doesn't uh, shift to how you feel, and suddenly you stop smoking or whatever. And but you haven't addressed the emotions, you haven't addressed anything very much, and you tend to just um, move on to something else to fill that void. So, from my point of view, if a person comes in to do any kind of habit change, I'll say I want to go back to cover everything holistically for every part of them, for everything, so that we don't. Uh, renew in some other kind of habit 
I think it's, that that's thing. sort of the interesting thing. You know, Russell Brand's always been known as a sex addict yeah. addiction. And then they asked him about it. He said, there's no such thing as sex addiction. There's just addiction. Or, I, or then there's that hole you're always trying to fill with something. I totally agree with him on that point. Anyway, I probably agree with quite a bit of things he says. But uh, the point is, if you have an addiction, we call it an addiction because we can't seem to stop ourselves from doing it. Now, if we can do that in one session with smoking or whatever, you got to understand it's just not really just physical addiction. People say, oh, well, we're addicted to the nicotine or we're addicted, you know, the sugar. And somehow it's filling up a void of some type. It's a substitution. A substitution. So if I took away the smoking, for instance, and I hadn't addressed anything otherwise, I, you might just go and start really drinking a lot or something. Or eating a lot. Or eating a lot, which, which happens a lot of times, right? And I think that's the whole thing. So you need to address, in my point of view, in my world of hypnosis, you have to cover everything, including what I would call adjacent issues, mm-hmm. which are things that support it, you know, mm-hmm. other emotional issues that support it. It isn't all just one thing. I like the way you ask somebody, they'll come for whatever, Um some issue, you know, they've, I don't know, they drink too much Coke or they smoke too much or whatever, drink too much or, and you'll say, okay, that's the issue. What's the outcome you want? Because you are able to not just get rid of the issue, but give them an outcome they want. In other words, I want to be able to, whatever, go sit with my friends who are smoking and not worry about it. Go sit with my friends who are drinking and not worry about it. I want to, right? Yeah. You want to be able to live your life. Right. Exactly. You don't want to change your friends. You don't want to change what you're doing. And you want to be able to live your life the way you choose. So what I want to really know is what is it the outcome? How do they want to live if mm-hmm. they don't have the habit? What, are, what is it yeah. they need? Yeah. So that's if, if money wasn't a concern and if fear wasn't a concern, how would you like to live? And let's see if we can get your mind to work yeah. towards that. Because people think that they this is very controversial probably what i'm going to say uh but many people say if you are an alcoholic you need to stop drinking because we have given them that label but if we take away the cause and we change how they're functioning they can just drink socially like anyone else because it's not a need if they choose because it's no longer a need but it's it's not a need any longer in fact you have another little controversial thing on we're going to bring it up later (laughs) but we can do it now on smoking you have a yeah a pro-smoking hypnosis well, you know, smoking companies all, take note. Yeah, she's she's available. I I don't necessarily think in my world. I in my point of view, this is my opinion. I don't think it's healthy to get people just to smoke, stop, get the symptom to stop, because they have been programmed by all those rotten pictures on boxes and and they've been programmed by society to think they're terrible and they've all these negative imprints and thoughts, ideas are totally put in there. And then we just say, oh, here, we'll take the cigarette away and that's no longer in your life. But the rest of that stuff is all programmed. So that's another reason I want to go from there because I want to dehypnotize them from all that anti-health stuff that they've been programmed with. With the best of intentions, but unintended consequences. Maybe, maybe the best of intentions. Oh, conspiracy theory coming up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going there. But really, if they are programmed, you see something, you know, even from the first um, program we did, we told you that hypnosis is happening in every moment of the day, including inside yourself, because you're programming yourself. So if they're being programmed, they take out a cigarette pack and they take it out 20 times to take a whole pack for the day. And 20 times that's that black lung or whatever it is on there is totally accepted by them, totally bypassed their conscious because they were so intent on the cigarette and the feeling that of, the, of wanting to have one that they never paid any conscious attention to what they were doing. And that's bypass of the critical factor of the conscious mind. I, I think the, the government was using aversion therapy. Aversion therapy, and in my mind, um, aversion therapy ca- can work and it can do good things, but you have to be very careful with it. And this is not being careful with it. Well, I think aversion therapy is more just like, well, if you don't stop, I'm going to hit you sort of thing. 
So they may stop, but they'll be grudgingly stopping. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I have said that I would, I never had the time, I'm sorry to say, uh, is that I would like to do some group hypnosis on people who weren't ready to quit smoking to dehypnotize them from the hypnosis that's happening constantly in the negative way. Yeah, a lot of the stuff you do, I find, is actually dehypnotizing people <laughs> from labels and. Yeah. They've been told, oh, you'll never, or you're always. Yeah. And so it's a matter of just. Uh, so I just remind myself every time there's never and never, and there's not always, and there's never and always and always. Yeah. And uh, you can catch yourself saying it. I say it quite often. I never do this. And then I go, hmm, well, maybe I better watch what I'm saying here. And the other thing with uh, a client, which I want to delve into the mind model stuff, but we're going to have a break coming up, mm -hmm. is that the reality. Or, or let's say the truth or the reality is subjective. It's whatever the client believes, yeah. yes? Because their yeah. mind is creating it. That's right. Uh, everything is created by you and I, not on purpose. Let's not get into that. I didn't want to make myself sick. Are you crazy? No, I agree. You're not crazy and you didn't do it on purpose. But all the impact, like the cigarette packages and everything else, will program you in a way of belief. And at one time, that's accepted in some way. What was I going on about? Reality and the truth. <laughs> the reality and truth. And so each person, when we're when coming to hypnotist, from my point of view, I work on what the perception of the client is. I don't have anything to do with this. It's not I think me. that's because it's interesting of the um, imagination. You know, in one of the one of the rules of the mind, imagination is a very powerful factor yeah. in our lives. You know, people die because they believe there's there's no air in the room or whatever. Well, it's happened before. Many times just as a doctor talked to the wrong person right. and told him he was going to be dead tomorrow if they didn't get him to do the surgery, and he died before they got him to surgery. And it wasn't him. And it wasn't the right guy. Programming. So that is that is total fear takes over, right? And creates dis-ease. Yeah. Very so quickly. that's what with hypnosis, you're working with that reality, yes? Yep. We work with the reality that the client has allowed to be created within himself. Because I think himself. it's interesting also that uh, somebody comes in with huge anxiety, another adult has huge anxiety about whatever, it doesn't matter, going across bridges, yeah. agoraphobia, anything. Yeah. And when you delve back to it. Yeah. But just like yeah. the addiction, there is no such thing as millions of phobias. It's all phobias is one phobia. But when you go back to it. Um, the uh, the initial event is quite small. Yeah. In fact, why don't we take a break? Well, I'll let you take a break, and then we'll come back after the break. Okay. You're in charge. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break and come back. Okay, see you on the other side. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well... We have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back. I'm interviewing Inez Simpson. The honor is amazing. Um, we were talking about, uh, just before the break, that I found interesting was that, some, that an adult, actually this is sort of the mind model stuff that uh, um, Wendy was talking about. The adult comes in with high anxiety about some, whatever, mm-hmm. and you go back and you find that the initial event that caused that as a two or three, well, as a two or three year old, I guess it was major. But when the adult looks back at it, they go, "Really?" I mean, I it's nothing as an adult. Appears to be. Appears to be nothing from the adult point of view. Everybody thinks that if you're going to go back in time, it's going to have to be some horrific thing. You got raped. Those things happen, but it's not always that. It's same something that had happened to the two year old or the three year old or whatever that was hugely emotional impact in their world at that in time. In their world. At but the adult is able to say. And the inner child of us, which that part mm-hmm. of us, that it just keeps that feeling. Yes, inner child. That's just like you're saying that men never grow past the age of four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think women do either. So, you know, so we have that inner child. Let's move over time. to the um, concept. Now, it's the mind model that is used yeah. by hypnotists. And if you look it up on Google, on the internet, there's all kinds of different mind models. And what they are. I think we've posted a couple in the probably, past. Probably. What they are. Now, are these scientifically, you know, after you've you've opened up the brain and you've mapped it all out? (laughs) I don't think you'd see anything that you could tell from that, from the brain. You know, even if it was scientific, they're not at that place either where they can tell. Well, no, they're not. No, they're not. So what is this? This comes from... Just tell me your perspective on the brain um, versus the mind. Okay. As a hypnotist. Uh, Experience. And this is only as me. Of course. Only as me. Because I see the mind as a total separate thing from the brain. Or part, yeah. I, I think it's using the brain. Mm-hmm. We have to use the brain because it's use, it's got all the right things to do. It's a good receiver. It's a good do, doer mm-hmm. for the body, the mind. Does transmitter. Everything, but it's a transmitter. It's an or an ex- receiver. receiver or an a transmitter. But, and it it's has like all the, that thing in where it stores the memory and where it it's does like a this. television yes, set. Yes, yes. Like a television set. Those people really yeah. aren't in that television set. No, they're hard not. to believe. All Even right. on a flat screen. Oh, Even sorry. on a flat screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so from my point of view, that is absolutely always the mind is much bigger than what we credit it for. It isn't just a brain. The brain is astounding. It's incredible, but the mind is even much more. And, and is back to your holistic concept. Yep. Um, so we're on the mind model. The mind model is a way of maybe explaining a process that can't be explained, perhaps? Pretty much. It's sort of like anything that science, they'll, they, how do they explain gravity? How do they explain? Oh, well, they know they, it's really there. And they tell you, well, you know, they'll give you some kind of Well, because I say understanding. so. Yeah, well, the mind model is sort of like that mm-hmm. because it's theoretical, according to all of us, according to our experience. And most of the uh, what the concept of a mind model would be the iceberg thing. Yes, is that that? I mean, you know, for most people, that is totally adequate to give it a rational understanding for the conscious to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. And and that con- and that model is. And model is that we have about, well, depends who you speak to, but 5 to 10% of it is conscious. And the that's the tip of the iceberg above the water. And then the rest is underwater. And according to most of us, that's the subconscious. But there's also what we call the unconscious. And then it depends. If you talk to Ericksonian hypnosis, they just call everything unconscious. So you got to know the words. you got to know the understanding. But ultimately what it means is everything below the water is the part that isn't a conscious mind. And the part, in an iceberg analogy, yeah. the part below the water is the, what controls the yes. tip because the tip isn't driving yes. them. that's right. And then in your concept, the part below the water is just the beginning. I think it's just the beginning. Because then there's a whole bunch of other stuff around it. And you're talking morphic fields and quantum yeah. theory, yeah. etc. Yeah. 
But then the other mind model that Wendy brought up, I thought this is in this interview that's upcoming, I thought was really good, was the concept of um, a tree ring, tree yeah, rings, rings or an onion, whatever. Yeah, a tree well, rings the tree sounds good. Because it's, it's, it's growing. So let's say the and where she had the bark as the conscious, as, the conscious. as what is interacting with the world, the bark. Mm -hmm. But then if you cut it, you see every year of life of the tree, which is very cool analogy, really, because every year. And if there was something wrong, you could see where there was uh, an infestation of disease or or anything. So it's kind of a good analogy. The difference is or doesn't quite carry through, I think, is on the rings. Let's, so let's say at the year six, something happened in those yeah. rings. But at the year 30, and the bark outside there on the 30, that six is a, probably affecting that 30. Sort of like making, not doesn't make pearls like an oyster, but yeah. it does have a... In, in people, for sure, that six-year-old ring would still be affecting all the other rings. But it is a good concept of yeah. to imagine. So a tree is made up of every year of life, as it were. Yeah. We're, we're not, whatever, 40, and so we're a wholly different thing. I 40. wish I was still 40. Because... <laughs> We are part of all that growth yeah. towards 40 and yeah. that we drag all the emotional stuff. Okay, the hypnosis is not, uh, let's see, you deal with the physical because the physical presents itself, but you say mm -hmm. the physical is really just the receptor, the physical body is a receptor yeah. of a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, it's where you hold your emotion. A lot of it gets held in if you go into Louise Hay stuff and all kinds of other things. There's so many uh, concepts and so many theories that, that do it but essentially for me is may let's make it simple you know i'm always about simple so the body carries all the stuff and eventually if it's negative it, it turns in disease mm -hmm. now there's no blame to it blame's a big waste of time by the way <laughs> but you don't blame the client you don't blame whoever else they blame it's always the mother moment. trust me it's always the mother <laughs> There should, there, there should, did you hear that? There's no shoulds, there's no blame. And ultimately, you'll find out what triggered. It's the perception of the, the person that whatever they took on has become a thought. The thought then becomes, as time goes on, a belief because it's been thought so many times. And that brings up one of those uh, an interesting book you were talking about, Answer Cancer, yeah. Answer Cancer, by uh, Park Hill, Stephen Park Hill. Yeah who's worked with your and, mentor. Jer, um, yeah, he Jerry was Kine. trained by Jerry Kine, just like uh, me and Wendy were, Wendy Weber. Yeah. And Wendy did have some training with him. So I had her on to be able to talk fully about mm -hmm. some of that with Stephen Parkhilk. It was pretty awesome. And he pretty well believed you had to, he worked with people that uh, were in terminal health for whatever reason, mostly cancer, because that's why it's called Answer Cancer. But he worked with so many people that he burned out and he has started training other people because most of these people would allow themselves to go into what we call remission. Mm -hmm. And they so, were sent away to get... Wait a minute. So explain affairs. that. They allowed themselves to go into remission? Well, because I don't think uh, they let themselves heal. But the medical community would call it remission. Mm -hmm. They won't say that... No, I mean that word allow. allow. Oh, well, because... When they shift the perceptions, if you if they allowed Stephen to help them shift all their perceptions, release all the emotions, do all that work that was needed to do that, then suddenly the cancers would shrink or they would disappear in whatever way. This is if you take away the reason for the whatever that this ease. Well, it's not just taking it away, it's about changing the whole belief system and changing the thought mm -hmm. and the feeling. So hypnosis has a can have a tremendous effect on the physical yes it can aspect. In fact, you've seen some in your chair, as it were, mm -hmm. where things have changed yes. right in front of you. Yes, I that doesn't happen very often, but once in a while you'll have a physical change in the chair. Uh, at a lady that had very big ankles from arthritis, and right before her eyes it shrank down, and it was not pleasant for her because it hurt. I think when it was shrinking, and it was about. Took 15, 20 minutes to go down. It went black and blue and became normal size. So does that happen every day in my chair? No. Don't start thinking that we I have any power here. That lady was very open and she was ready to heal. And the so that you're always talking about the emotional um, aspect for hypnosis mm -hmm. and the physical, the emotions show up in the physical. Yeah. So you can 
not if you break your leg. Well, and if you break your leg, it might be might be a reason. But anyway, yeah. it, it's something like um, arthritis or fibromyalgia, yeah. et cetera, is an emotion or emotions yeah. showing up in the body. Well, let's go back to the fibromyalgia because yes. I experienced that, experienced that myself. So there was what we call imprints. What's an imprint? An imprint was that I used to stand cooking or doing whatever I was doing, and I had such a terrible pain in my cheeks that the tears would come rolling down my face. Now, people with fibromyalgia can understand that. So when I did that, when I started doing the work after I became a hypnotist and I went back, I was at two years old, I was still living in Belgium because I was born there and I didn't come to Canada until I was six. So we had a coal fire and guess what? It was carbon monoxide poisoning. And I was the, the youngest and my mom panicked when I started to, you know, faint or whatever you want to call go it. Go unconscious. Go unconscious. And she started smacking me on the cheeks, you know, back and forth. Wake up, wake up, wake up. So that's one imprint. So then uh, when I was 14, I was raped and it was shut up, shut up, shut up on the same thing. So it got uh, really compounded, mm -hmm. that place in my face. So, I mean, doctors don't know why you hurt places. I'm telling you what it is. It's the beginning of it. The beginning started at two years old for me, and then it got compounded at 14. And then there was all kinds of other incidentals in between that maybe was not as, you know, major. So imprints now are in the face, So right? what are you saying? So the stress of something brings those imprints up? Or why were you crying when you were cooking? Or why it, was the pain? Well, I wouldn't know. Oh. But I wouldn't know. It was, was just what, always there. Oh, oh okay. It was all, when you're, you know, whenever anything, when you're uh, more stressed or whatever, it'll come up more. Yeah, always get to your right. weakest point. As yes, it gets, yeah, that's right. The emotion turns up at yeah. your weakest point. Yeah. And that's what the imprint was. That's what it is. So that leads me to the uh, your other friend, um, Beryl Komar, who's actually going to be on the show later yep. and has been on. Yeah. And she focuses a lot on, you know, there's this thing of uh, intelligence. Emotional uh, intelligence. Yeah. So there's We'll an, talk there's, to her about it because I think I'm totally useless <laughs> talking about that. But there's, a, there's intelligence, which is sort of an arbitrary yeah. number people pick randomly for yeah. some kind of... For an of IQ, you mean? Yeah, IQ. Yeah. And, you know, they always say, well, the person's so smart, they're useless because they don't seem to be grounded in the, yeah. in the world. Yeah. But then she focuses on teaching and people how to work with the emotional intelligence. In intelligence. So yes. being more common or whatever, clever yeah. with emotion. Yeah. Be careful with your emotion. Be aware of your emotion. Perhaps. And, and also uh, it's how you react, teaching you ways of reacting and making it easier on yourself. There's so much more to it. Yeah. And I, I'm going to leave that to Beryl because we're going to have her on sometime, hopefully in November because she will be um, talking about that. Yeah, at least. You know, I mean, she's got but so much that, to talk about. But the, uh, well, she's had, just like a Wendy, she's had so much training and, and diversity. It's this yeah. great interview to listen to. Actually, she was on before, and I think mm -hmm. last year's season. The, the Mostly the concept of the emotion is, you know, they always say, um, what the hell do they say? They say something. I'm sure they say <laughs> something. Oh, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. Yes. And, of course, some of that is just knee-jerk reaction. You don't even mean to. Why did I get angry? Why the, did I get upset? The knee-jerk reaction comes from all those things, the imprints and the thoughts that were created earlier. And as they compound and add up over time, it just happens like that. There's not a conscious thought. And then the conscious thought is, what the hell am I doing? Why am I mad at that? So then the worst thing you know? to be would be to go to a doctor who wouldn't really, who you probably really wouldn't be able to explain it properly to because you're not really that... The person isn't that much aware, and they just give them some drugs, which is not going to help because they're just going to suppress something. Uh, it does and, suppress things. And cause. And comes out in other ways. But right? also the drugs will always cause some other. Yeah, there's always some side effects. So perhaps hypnosis would be good for that. Yes, dear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, it's there, we. it sounds like we're ranting against the medical profession, but I'm not really. I think they're definitely needed. If my bone's broken or if I need some kind of work done, the surgery done, I was in an accident, I'm going to be the first thing at the doorstep. The part is that I say, and I've been ranting about this ever since the beginning of the show, is that I want people to get on board for their own health and be part of their medical team, not just go in and say, yes, sir, I'll take that. Well, I want to be fixed. Well, I think what you've said it before in the show is that if you have a disease, you want to get your body on board. I mean, if you go to a, um, a 
whatever surgery or whatever without the right prep. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of surgeons and doctors know what do know to do this nowadays. Without the right prep, the, you, the body thinks it's under attack. Yes. So our body's going to try and defend. So it's, yes. it's not going to help. The, no. the healing process is going to be fighting the healing process, in fact. Yeah, so, a good little bit of hypnosis would go along the way. And, you know, and they, they didn't used to think that uh, they, the, client, uh, the client, the patient could hear them uh, because they were unconscious. The thing is, they understood everything subconsciously. And so uh, I remember Jerry talking about this. I'll just a very quick story when he was going in. You know, we're just like other people. He was going in for his heart. And he said, Doc, and the guy, you know, am I going to be all right? And he says, we're going to do the best we can. And, and he went, oh, my God, I'm done. <laughs> so, you know, those things really make a difference. It's learning how to use language. So guess what? We have to go to the, on our break, break. And then we'll yeah, come back. We'll be back. See you on the other side. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and on Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez. That's I-N-E-S at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Go ahead. Oh, it's me. My I'm turn. In charge. Okay, welcome back. Hypnosis Everywhere with Inez Simpson. And we're interviewing Inez Simpson today, special event. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to mention also on, so this is Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level. We have done yeah. a few shows, a whole season. And you want to sort of, your idea on this season is to sort of prevent the, present the good side of life, as it were, or, or the things that are happening that really mass, the media doesn't, present okay yeah i mean if you look outside it and and the media and everything if you listen to all that and nothing is everything is crap and so i i wanted to show uh how hypnosis is everything pretty much and everywhere and i wanted to present people who were living this and if they happen to be hypnotists not very well known hypnotists and they do some awesome work. I wanted to bring that forward because there could be people like me who are a little more known, you know, and it's tiny when you think in the, in how many hypnotists there are in the world, if you're known, it's still nothing. Mm -hmm. So don't get too fat headed out there. <laughs> so what you, what the concept is that let's say the media really only focuses on, well, anything that's bad, but also the, it's, they're most looking at like 0.1% of the, what's happening in the world. It just seems like it's a big deal yeah. because CNN and Fox are focused, focused on yeah. it. But then there's people like Gabby Lasinger, who you had on whenever it was. Lasinger. Lasinger. Who Jeez. is just a single individual, just a person that said obstacles. You know, just, who, that, 
they always say, if you want to do something great, just turn up and be willing. Yeah. Be ready and be willing. And she um, was willing. She's especially a That's a great girl. show to listen to. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I'm going to be, you know, interviewing a few other people that are I just, thought. nobody knows about them. Mm -hmm. But I think I've met them in life and I know how they went through life, how they worked with it, how they got better, mm -hmm. how they moved themselves forward. And it was their choice to do it. Came from whatever and created a life that's quite wonderful. Yeah. With other people, too. Helping yeah, other yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Anyway, you wanted to talk about, you, you insisted we talk about. <laughs> what was it you insisted we talk well, about? Well, it's because most of the time I always say that everything is self-hypnosis and that, you know, I don't have any power. And I do believe that. Now, I've had a few client, uh, other guests on who are on the opposite end of that stick and they think they have the power and they're going to put you in hypnosis and they're going to do it. Now, I tend to think this is my angle on it. I think those kind of people are quite willing and they're not worried about being told what to do. And they will go to that kind of hypnotist and say, thanks. Yep, you can do whatever you want. Just do it. And it's still a choice. You see, the choice was made internally long before they went to that hypnotist. And that hypnotist works for them. Now, that's just my idea. What do you think about that, Martin? Sure. You're going to agree. <laughs> I have a choice. Well, yeah, you do. No, I think it's interesting. Yes, I, I agree that I seem to agree, not that we ever know anything truly, no. but yes, most hypnosis is an internal thing and you you do it to yourself or partly you allow your mind. Yes, you allow it Access yourself. the rest of your mind. And so you could have somebody like, well, we know some hypnotists who are very, very good and they're not necessarily paternal. In other words, they're not aggressive and attacking, but they have so much authority Yes. I think anybody would say, yeah, whatever yep. it is. Just yep. like when you go to a, a very a doctor that you've trusted, maybe your, your um, yeah. family doctor for a long time, if they say something, you tend to go with it because you go, yeah, for no known reason, <laughs> just that they said it. If you accept their authority yeah. right away, that's a form of hypnosis. And I think that's interesting in your, the way you're taking hypnosis these days is the hypnosis coming in the medical community, in, especially in the 50s, when yeah. it has these uh, amazing people like the Alman and Gilboyne and Erickson, Erickson, etc. Yeah, all those great. Very images. aggressive. Well, maybe not. Yeah, Erickson was too. Very aggressive. Yeah. And I know what I'm doing. You don't. Yes. And I'm going to make you do. Yes. This. And it was a different culture at the time too. And that was quite anyone who was a doctor or any other field that was telling them how to get healthier or whatever had authority. Mm -hmm. Now we've changed a lot in culture. Internet probably had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. But also is that we have our own ideas. We've investigated all kinds of things, and Nixon. we may not be agreeing and thinking you're as good an authority as Nixon we used to think. To yeah, Nixon probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah, but we've changed a lot. And I think that uh, hypnosis had to go for the 100% of the people instead of staying at that 50% because they used to say we can only hypnotize 50% of the people right back in the 50s. Well, I know you still have, meet people who say, so uh, what's what's your success rate in terms of getting people into hypnosis with, as a, you know, with clients? I know and, and they say, well, because we only get, and you say, well, what do you say? I say 99%. And they say that's not possible. But I think that's because, and it's not just you, this modern no. hypnosis, of lots of hypnosis have understood yes. there are, that you do have to learn some skills to get past the obvious. Yeah, the, yeah and to get past the, the different style of, of person you're mm -hmm. working with. You got to take into account on who they are, what they're, how they, how they live in the life. And I think if you look at uh, stage hypnotists who have, I think they have it a little bit easier in that they have an, an audience of two hundred people who mm -hmm. turned up and paid money to turn up, so they're already interested. Mm -hmm. And then they look at the front row who are very interested, mm -hmm. and then they do some uh, skillful stuff of. Must, you know, yeah. There's some testing, as it were, with the audience before they even bring these people up on stage. So they're going to select out of that 200, the 10 people that really want to play yeah. and have fun. And sometimes yeah. they make an odd mistake and they send them down yeah. to the back to the audience. But a hypnotherapist, yeah. that's a person working in a room with a client. Now, although yeah. the client has come and they want it fixed, it doesn't mean they don't have fear is the biggest thing no. usually you find, right? Yeah. But, yeah, they still unknown, have fear. It's an unknown. It's unknown. And people expect, and this is the biggest thing that I have to get across to my clients is I want them to be open to possibility 
And I want them to know that their conscious mind is totally going to chatter because the misconception that they're going to be zen and totally out of it or a zombie or something of that takes a lot to get by. Well, I think they, they um, uh, compare it to an anesthetic. Yes. They're going to be just a zombie. Yeah, and then you're just going to do it to me and I'm not going to have anything to do no. with it. And it's an interactive process. Yes. In fact, that's right. Hypnosis, the way you're doing it, and a lot of hypnotists do it, Most is, yeah. is it's, there's two people in that room working together to help yes. that one person. We become a team, a team yeah. to get that done for them. And we get their mind on side, and we get to change their perceptions so they can allow change. And what's interesting is because you go into what's called, let's say, deep states, whatever that may mean. In other words, you delve yeah. quite far into the mind. And we, I think we talked about it in other shows, and you've talked about it as the, you know, the hypnosis is the profession of exploring the mind. And we're getting you going yeah. further and further into these depths of what the mind can do and the potential. Yeah, we, I think we just touched, got it, you know, a drop of the bucket. But what's interesting available. is that it seems to be um, 99% of the people, when you get to that higher mind part they only want what's let's say good what's what's um, optimum <laughs> yeah am i saying what's my saying what's appropriate beneficial and optimal uh, in other words person. you don't get to a higher mind and it says good because i just want to make you worse than hitler they no, tend to, <laughs> no it doesn't work that way they seem to want to move forward in a positive always in a positive way yeah and, it's res and you work a lot on the resistance that maybe the conscious or programming has had to stop that. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, um, people say, well, how can I have resistance? I came to you. I came to stop smoking. How can I have any resistance? <laughs> yeah, so you have to find out if there's resistance from the conscious, from any part of the person. Could be the two-year-old maybe's resistance. Mm -hmm. Or it could be the, I had a client uh, who started smoking at six. Maybe the six-year-old would have a uh, thing. So you, you need to find out if there's resistance and help them shake it. And I think the, uh, most clients coming to hypnosis have some concept of, if this was a conscious problem, I'd already fixed it. So there's something else going on. Yeah, because they've seen my, they know what I'm about. Because And that's uh, Bob Burns, mm -hmm. the swan's thing. And I think that's an, a great line. I just love the line. I stole it from him and I use it all the time. If it was a conscious problem, you would have, you would have actually already healed it yourself with so consciously. Back, so go back to the tree analogy. It's hard yeah. for the bark to fix uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, something internally on, yeah. on that's happened in the 15 rings. Yes. The other interesting thing is you delve, because you say you're spiritual, um, I'm spiritual bent, mm -hmm. and you have experiences with, with things. Sometimes. You appear to have experiences mm -hmm. with things. But I think it's interesting if you look at, because a lot of us have older age parents. Yes that uh, they see things, much mm -hmm. like a four-year-old sees things. It seems like at the end of the life, when we're not in the, yeah. the, the massive, where the conscious isn't really in control a lot, oh, we get to Yeah, see. my mom is 97, right? Mm -hmm. And she's not all that well. And uh, she sees uh, family members hanging around every now and then. They, she doesn't seem to be able to communicate with them or anything, but she knows they're there. And that. So we go back to the two-year-old and the, and the three-year-old, like you say, who has the Im invisible friend that they hang out with and talk to. Um, I think, yeah, you go around full circle. And it's because we don't know, you, you could say, well, the kid has to grow up. and well, Don't forget, they're programmed to grow up and to, mm. to accept. Because even science says, we're not actually sure if we're all seeing the same thing. No, I don't see how and, we could. And there seems to be some agreement, though, that, okay, this is a chair. Let's all agree yeah. it's a chair. But what does a kid see? We don't even know what a kid sees. There was some aspect of science said at the beginning, a newborn sees everything upside down, has to learn to, to invert. Oh, that's interesting. That brings to mind that the, you can you, oh, now it's you. I was just saying yeah. that what's interesting is that science has said at some point of the young a young baby, one-year-old, two-year-old, sees everything upside down and has to learn to invert yeah. to the real world, as it were. Which brings to me in that experiment they did with video, um, you know, with, um, what do you call those? Virtual reality. Virtual reality, and they got people to see upside down. It took them two weeks to, to shift. And then when they turned the right way up again, everything was upside down to them again, and they had to go back. So they, so they, they programmed to, they see, upside to see upside down. To see upside down. 
So it was interesting how that it took a couple of weeks for the person to, to start being nor seeing normal at what would they consider right ways out. Because it's interesting, we don't really know. If I say this is red, we agree because we've all yeah. been told, okay, whatever that color is, is red. But who knows what color it is to me or to you? I don't know. I know, <laughs> for instance, um, my dad was colorblind. And he'd say, yeah, that's red. And I'd say, what color do you see? And he goes, well, it's like that color over there. I go, well, that's brown or that's black. Yeah. <laughs> but he so. knew he was told that a traffic light is red. So yes. that's red. Yes. Who, what he saw. I have a friend like that too. What he saw is completely different. So the mind is interesting. Mm-hmm. And how we do things. And how it compensates. And how it compensates, just like uh, the physical body will compensate for things. Mm-hmm. And they may compensate for emotional situations, yes. right, with hypnosis. Mm-hmm. That's right. So say something else because we've got some time to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I, I, I think this is great. And we never seem to have enough time. But what I'd really like to talk about is what's going to come, too, is you're going to see Wendy Weber's coming, and it, that is an astounding show. She talks about Stephen Parkhill. She talks about all kinds of stuff. And she's the expert in my mind who can really tell people about regression to cause. So uh, and then we have Beryl. We said that already. And we've got uh, Melissa Tears will be back. And a friend of Melissa Tears will be here. Next week, I believe. Yeah. Next show. So we will see and see if we agree on anything. <laughs> but we're going to have great shows coming up. And who knows what we might pull out of our And all the, the concept is to – and we've had what the next level. You've had interesting guests like um, the shows with uh, Christoph Gierks and Jackie Ballow. Yeah. What they were, yeah. to my mind, quite out there, but – we get a good response and good well, feedback from those and people. You know, I'm really so, privileged. I've got some pretty great trainers in Simpson Protocol. Mm-hmm. Both of those people are trainers, and but they're both sport, um, more spiritually oriented. But they're we're all different, and what they do with it is astounding. Well, guess what? we got 30 seconds, Martin. You tie it up, please. So that was the interview with Inez Simpson. Anything else you want to contribute to this interview, Inez? No, that's it for that's me. That's it. Well, we have, uh, yes, hypnosis everywhere, the next level. We really want to delve into more yeah. and more things, and we're getting great feedback on it, so we will continue to delve into the mysteries of the mind and how it was affecting us. And we might go a little over the edge on times, so who knows? It'll be more exciting. So we will see you next time when Inez will be back in front of the microphone. Okay, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week. 